Hey, happy Tuesday and welcome back to the Coaching Minds podcast. As you know, this season, for those of you that are interested in being great and not just average, today we got some great stuff for you guys. We'll be looking at being intentional with the responses that we have to events. This season is sponsored by ProX. ProX is the premier multi-sport training destination in the Midwest that hosts sports performance, sports rehab, and physical therapy, as well as sports-specific instruction programming for baseball, softball, football, golf, and more. ProX puts everything an athlete needs under one roof, just like the pros. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. Okay, Ben, so when you're saying talking about our responses... Uh, and being intentional with them. Where are we going with this podcast today? So, fantastic book, if you haven't read it, uh, Above the Line by Urban Meyer. They talk about formula that Tim Kite introduced to Urban, um, E plus R equals O. And the idea behind it is that when there is some event that you have no control over, so maybe let's say quarterback throws an interception you can either respond by coming off the field blaming other people throwing your helmet which is probably going to lead to a negative outcome or you could respond with a positive response something like learn from it have a conversation about what went wrong how are we going to fix it what do we need to do moving forward and that's a more positive response and so there's going to be a more positive outcome. And so that was something that, that we started introducing to our athletes. Hey, we need to be intentional about how we are going to respond to things. But, you know, I'll be honest, even after kind of talking about the importance of how you respond to this event is ultimately going to determine the outcome. We we felt like our players still needed just a maybe just a little bit more help and a little bit more guidance. And so, and so we just, we wanted to be intentional with, look, here's how we're going to respond. I mean, because, you know, whether we're talking E plus R equals O, or we're talking the, the quote, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it, which I was trying to figure out who said that quote, like originally and tried Googling it, found out that's a Charles Swindoll quote. It's a Lou Holtz quote. Somebody said it was a Vince Lombardi quote. So I, and I don't, Ben Carnes quote, I think. <laughs> so I, I don't know who like originally said it the first time, but they're absolutely right. Things are going to happen. But what's even a bigger question and what's even a bigger determinant of future success is how are you going to respond? And so we don't want kids just reacting with system one. System one is just going to try to keep you safe. System one likes to try and maybe blame other people or deflect responsibility and say, well, you shouldn't be upset with me because of this person or, or because of that situation. Or take all the credit, right? If system Absolutely. one's like, oh, look at me, I did it right. Where system two is, is the whole team. Yep, for sure. That That's a great point. It's not always a, a negative situation either. Um, and so... We're just going to go through, here are, with the teams that I've worked with, here are some of the responses that they came up with. All right, so we have eight responses that we're going to cover today. Ben, what do we have for the first one? Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Jake Gilbert talked about that with the Westfield High School football team all 
the time. And the, the purpose behind it was, look, sometimes we're going to be successful on the field. And other times we are not going to be successful scoreboard wise. And so what we've got to make sure we do is we learn from this. What went wrong? How do we fix it? How do we make sure it doesn't happen again in the future? And so it, it kind of takes, instead of responding with a pity party or with heads down or with pointing fingers or, you know, what, whatever, whatever that response is after a loss for your team, instead, Here's how we are going to do it. And they went so far as to actually have players act it out in front of the entire team. And they would say, all right, you're in the locker room. This, you just played this team. Here was the score. Here was the situation. That's the kid that threw the game losing interception. Go. And, and they would act it out and they would have to kind of, it would force them to think about how am I actually going to respond with my actions and my words. To do this, you have to practice failing, right? In, in the book, uh, What Drives Winning, I was just reading about how you have to practice failing so you know how to respond in the real real life or real game situation. So I think sometimes you learn that's part of it. You failed. So now what are you going to do to get better? Right. And instead, you know, it's on the golf course. I mean, look at there are there are always going to be holes where you fail. You have a terrible tee shot. Well, now what? Now what are you going to do? All right, so that's what we have. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. What's the what's the second one, Ben? Confidence and refocus. And again, going going back to the whole golf thing, just because you had a bad tee shot doesn't mean that you're a horrible golfer and that your swing is broken and that you're going to have a terrible round. And so don't lose confidence and don't start doubting yourself refocus on the task at hand what what's next well next is this upcoming shot this second shot that's yeah it's not right in the middle of the fairway where i wanted it but i'm going to be confident in who i am and i'm going to refocus on the task at hand and so many sports are set around failure you fail and you fail and you fail but how can you focus back in and know that you're confident and that you should be there and then move forward. The teams that do that best usually win. Right. And again, it's it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to actually do it. And, you know, after after something terrible happens during competition as a coach or as a leader, rally around, hey, confidence and refocus. Remind kids as they're coming off the field, hey, head up, get your chin up, let's be confident, let's refocus. All right, next we have controlling the controllables. What are we talking about with that? So I want to say, I want to say Jake, uh, Jake Gilbert used this at Westfield High School uh, after talking with Dr. Rob Bell um, and was talking about controlling what you can control, control. You, you can't control the refs. You can't control bad calls. You can't control the other team. You know, there's, there's so many times that we're put in a situation where there's an event Something happens during the game, and now we have to decide, are we going to have a positive response, or are we going to have a negative response? And too many times, we get wrapped up in stuff that we can't control that's nothing more than a distraction. So just talking about it ahead of time, having a response, we are going to control what we can control, and then bringing that up at the appropriate times. And I think our next one fits into that, weathering the storm. Um, controlling what happens when, cause things are going to hit the fan, right? It's going to get ugly. So then we're, we have to just weather the storm to get out of it, to have the successful moments. Yeah. And the, 
I heard I heard somebody at a football coaching clinic talk about this, um, and, and we kind of we kind of stole it from their program, and they would talk about. The storm is brutal and it's severe and it, the, the wind blows and the lightning strikes and things get, you know, torn up or things get blown out of the way. And there, there's a destructive nature to the storm, right? But it's always going to pass. So you had a bad quarter. Okay. You had a bad half. You had a bad couple holes. That's fine. There are going to be storms. There are going to be bad days. Just tell yourself, look, I am choosing to just weather this storm. I'm not going to let it crush me. I'm not going to let it make me quit. I'm not going to let it take away my confidence. I'm going to weather it. I'm going to batten down the hatches. And when things get out on the other side, I'm going to get back to playing my game. Okay. The fifth one, Ben, that we're talking about is excellence, not perfection. What do you mean by that? So I actually got this one from uh, Josh Bryant and Mark Abriani, and it, it was the the idea that if we want to be excellent, and that they were talking specifically on a golf course, but I think it applies to all kinds of different situations in sports uh, and life, we can be excellent without being perfect. And just because you know, just because you have a bad shot on the golf course doesn't mean you can't still have an excellent round. Yeah, if you get a double bogey, you're probably you're you're not you're absolutely not going to be able to have quote unquote a perfect round. But you could still have an excellent round and that's what we're after. Yeah, we're we're seeking perfection and yeah, that's what we're striving towards and we're working towards, but we can be excellent without it. And so just the excellence not perfection or excellence does not require perfection i think is how they phrased it i think is an important response to have when things don't quite go perfect well that's okay Let, let's keep striving for excellence so this is a this is allowing yourself to mess up right this is allowing for that room of air and knowing hey i'm not perfect but i can still be excellent yeah and and no one else is going to be either in any area of life in any sport i mean no one is going to be perfect the fifth one we talk about is excellence, not perfection. What's the what's number six? What's next? No, that, that that's the response. What's next? So no matter what happens, good or bad, your response is okay. What's next? And this is something that I've used with a, a few of the individual athletes that I was working with where they would get so hung up on, you know, we maybe we tried the excellence, not perfection thing, but they would just not let go of past mistakes. They would just not be able to let go of what happened or what could happen now because of that. Or what do my teammates think about that last shot I had? Or what's my coach going to say? Or what's my dad think about that shot that I just had? It doesn't matter what's next. And so just, you know, the, all, all of these responses, they're great. And that, you know, they're nice, catchy little things that you could maybe put on a t-shirt or you could say one time in a, in a pregame speech or after a loss or something like that. But in order for these to really truly work, you got to commit to them. You got to say them. You got to use them. You got to repeat them. You got to bring them up. We talked about having the kids practice using them. You know, you could visualize using these in order to get the most out of these kind of planned out responses or these kind of pre-programmed responses, you've got to put some effort in on the front end. All right. So these next two, Ben, 
they are they're ones that are responses when things really get get really hard and difficult. Um, so what's number seven? Who needs me? And that it, it's kind of the question of what other people are also going through this difficult thing with me. And so an, an easy example would be like a plate workout where you are, you're running across the, the gym or the football field with a, with a weight above your head. Um, and then the next time you got to do curls and then the next time you got to hold it behind your back. And at some point you are just physically exhausted and you don't feel like you can continue. And so system one is instantly going to say, we hold on, slow down. We got to turn, we got to back this off a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to collapse and die. I can't do this. I don't have any more in the tank. And that's the point where real growth starts to happen, right? I mean, if you're a, if you're a bodybuilder and you lift until your muscles start to get a little bit sore, you're not going to add a whole lot of mass. If you're a long distance runner and you start to run until you get a little bit out of breath and then you stop, you're not going to be very good because you're, the growth happens in that uncomfortable phase. When you get out of your comfort zone and your body is approaching what you perceive as your physical limit or the, those limitations, that's where real growth happens. And so what we want to do when guys start to get into that phase or, you know, girls start to think, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You can. And so what are we going to do to distract you from system one saying, I'm too tired or I'm too sore or I can't do this or I don't have any more left. One way is to think about other people who needs me. You're running sprints. You're tired. Well, everybody else on your team is too. And so maybe the way you're going to be intentional about not having a pity party and not focusing on how tired you are is to lift up other people or to encourage other people. Not only does it get your brain off of what you feel like, but it's also a great way to lift up teammates. It's also a great way to show some leadership, which leads us straight into the last one. Number eight, I can live here. The idea behind that, there was an athlete I was working with that uh, he just, he wanted more when when he got to that point where he was exhausted, he wanted to be able to stay in that spot longer than his opponents and outwork everybody he would ever go up against. And so his his statement that he would kind of or his response was, I can live here. He would get to that point where he was exhausted and he would say, I can live here. I live for this. I've trained for this. This doesn't bother me. This isn't a negative thing. Yeah, it's kind of sore and uncomfortable and it's hard and it's difficult, but it doesn't matter because I can live here because I'm tougher than everybody else. I can keep doing this over and over. And so again, those two are just when things are difficult, when things are hard, how are you going to respond? Either think about other people or, you know, think about, hey, I, I can do this, but have some response ready so that when the situation arises, that's what you're. That's what you can go to. So let's say I'm a player. Um, I'm an athlete, and I'm listening to this uh, podcast right now. Is is there a way that I can practice these at home, or, or uh, that how can I implement these individually? Sure, I, I would say the easiest way would just be pick one of them for right now. So which one maybe stood out the most, or resonates the most, or would have the greatest impact right away, and then you know. Take out your notebook and write it down. When are you going to have a chance to say confidence and refocus to yourself or the I can live here? Maybe it's going to be tomorrow at workouts. Maybe it's going to be tomorrow at practice. Maybe it's going to be on Saturday at the game. And you can visualize leading up to it 
and see that situation occur, see that that event, if you will, and then you can practice your response. You could do it in front of the mirror. I mean, it it seems silly, but you can practice how you're going to act, how you're going to control your body, what you're going to say, those things, you know, do it in the shower where there's nobody around and there's nobody watching and you don't feel weird or awkward, but find some time to practice it and then put it, put it to work like we always say. So if I'm a coach that's listening to this and I love these, these eight responses because these apply in every, every sport. And, and not even not just in your sports, right? This this fits into your work world, into your family life, all of those things. If I'm listening to these, how can I apply those then for my team? Uh, I, I, the first one would be identify where does your team not respond the right way, and then figure out how do we want them to respond the right way, and then what's a short little phrase that I can say to remind myself. And so, I mean, with the the golf program that was trying to figure out how can we get our kids to just move on from a bad shot? Because we got so many that just get hung up that, well, that's where they came up with the excellence does not require perfection. And maybe you want to pick out four or five of them. That's totally fine. Just know it's one thing to put it on a poster or to hang it up in your locker room or to put it on the back of your t-shirt. But it's a whole nother thing to Tell the coaches, explain to the coaches what it means, show them the importance of it, get buy-in from them so that then when they see situations where they can use it around the players and bring it up with the team and remind the team of it, it, it's right there on the tip of their tongue. And talk about when, when it happens the right way and you see people respond the right way and talk about it, hey, this is how we responded when this situation occurred, if you guys want more help with this, um, or you have specific questions about this, you can hop online at mentaltrainingplan.com, find all of our contact information. It's easy to get a hold of us, um, or you can reach out on social media, Mental TR Plan. I know I kind of stole your little like end of the yeah, that's my moment end of the episode uh, saying there. I, my sincerest apologies. I'll let I'll let uh, you wrap it up here. And until next time, don't settle for average, but make your plan and put it to work.